Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Opaluski. And we are having today our very first, not just audio, but also video podcast. John, tell us about that. Uh, Jim, we have a special guest with us today. Her name is Jenny Catron. And uh, we thought if we're going to start doing a video podcast uh, next year, we would start off in style. So we, you know, uh, I, I think it's, I think that's a good strategy because I don't think anybody wants to look at us. So we brought, we brought sure that's true. along and it might, it might help our viewership for sure. Right. Well, I, Jenny, it's such a pleasure to have you back. We had you on, on the podcast about uh, six months ago. That's and, crazy. Uh, that's been that long, huh? It, we had, right. Yeah. Well, that. <laughs> 2020, the year that's lasted five years. So exactly, uh, exactly. It was great, and I told my wife about it, and I said, "You, you got to talk to this lady." So I brought the boss along today, my wife Dina. So, <laughs> Perfect. So fun to connect, Dina. Yeah. Just, could you just for, for those who maybe didn't catch the the podcast from months ago, give us a just a, a brief recap of your leadership journey. I think it's a it's a it's a fantastic story, and it really sets us up for our topics today. Sure, sure. I um I always say that I didn't really know what leadership was. Uh, growing up, I, I had seen great leadership. In hindsight, I can look and I can see some remarkable leaders who definitely had influence and shaped my life. But my real like introduction to leadership happened um, when I began my career. I, out of college, I wanted to work in the music business in Nashville. And I, I set my sights on a company in Nashville called Forefront Records that I wanted to work for. That was my dream job since I was about a 13-year-old kid. I thought I'd, you know, my dream job as a little girl was to be a CEO of a record company. So I was an odd little girl, but, um, <laughs> but that was my dream job. And, and God gave me the opportunity to work at that, that company for about nine years and really had just a remarkable chance to see and work under some great leaders and also realize how much development work I needed to do to be a good leader. And so uh, that was kind of my first crucible of leadership was getting to work at a record company. I um, uh, was in the sales and marketing department initially and then moved into brand management. And so I was responsible for helping oversee uh, the really keeping the integrity and heart of an artist's brand, if you will, like their vision uh, from everything from marketing to sales to um, the visuals, the, the photo shoots, the video shoots, you just the whole point of it was to help keep a cohesiveness of their vision uh, from piece to piece throughout the journey. So that's probably more detail than you wanted. But what I loved about it is that I worked with departments across the entire organization, across the whole corporation, and it, it required a lot of peer-to-peer um, -peer influence, not so much direct management. And that was just a great place for me to learn the power of influence, and that really is the starting point of leadership, that I didn't have positional power with a lot of the people that I had to work with. I had to really earn the right to have a voice and get them to collaboratively work together on this mission. So that was kind of like that just incubator of leadership development for me. And then my husband and I were a part of a church in Nashville. We were just good, faithful volunteers helping plant a local church. And I got roped into coming on ministry staff. And so that was a really unexpected twist. Here I was like, you know, on the journey to be the CEO, like I had dreamed of as a little girl. And God did what he often does and says, hey, I've got a, I got a little detour here. It's not a detour to him. It felt like a detour to me. 
and, um, and I went into ministry full-time. So I served for nine years on staff at a church in Nashville as executive director. And then I also served an additional couple years at a church in California as executive pastor, and then launched the Foresight Group, which is the organization that I lead. And we focus on leadership development, staff culture, and strategy for organizations and teams. So that's my world. Right on. Now, you know, obviously, uh, you know, we, we can tell whether you're listening to the audio or watching the, the video that you're a woman and you're leading a, a staff, it sounds like, of men. And, yes. Yeah. That has to bring with it a few challenges. Could you kind of tell us what some of the challenges, the key challenges you faced and, and maybe sure. some things that you did that kind of helps you to continue to lead, serve in those teams as a leader? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I had two rather different experiences. And in my corporate world, the fact that I was a female in leadership, while I was still an outlier and often the only one at the table, it was not as much of, as a um, inhibitor to my leadership. You know, and I, and I think, you know, in the marketplace, we just see that a little bit more well received. So I was still often the only female at the table, but it wasn't, it didn't feel like something that was holding me back. When I went into ministry, that was not as common. And, uh, and, and so it, and it, and it startled me. Uh, I, honestly, I, because I had had a pretty good experience as a woman in leadership, again, the minority, if you will, at the tables that I sat at, but, but, not, uh, but, but accepted, I would say. Mm -hmm. And then when I moved into ministry, uh, well, I can remember very, very specifically, there was an evening we were doing a new members class. And I noticed after the meeting that there was somebody who had the ear of our pastor who was really given him, you could tell it was kind of an intense conversation. And what I learned later is that this individual was leaving the church because I was in a position of leadership as a female. Mm -hmm. And it was really, I mean, it was, again, very, very distinctive, memorable moment for me because I was like, wow, I, like this, this, fam this gentleman and his family were leaving our church simply because I was a female in the role that I was in. And it was early on. So it was a big, like, you know, kind of just sucker punch to me and my confidence as a female leader stepping into ministry, you know, for the first time. And, uh, and what it did is it really just pushed me to say, uh, first of all, I want to be obedient to God. I felt like God had called me and led me to this position. It was something unexpected. And so it was just, there were so many things that I felt like it was a calling God had placed on my life. And then to have it just, to have that kind of reaction. And that wasn't the only one, really, by the way, there were other, other points of resistance. And, um, and it just put me on a journey to say, at the end of the day, I want to be faithful to what God is calling me to do. At the end of the day, different people are going to have different perspectives or opinions on me as a leader and me as a female leader inside the church. And I just want to know God and I are good. And so I started just reading, studying, digging into all the varying opinions on women in leadership, you know, in scripture. And has said, I have to come to, I have to find my confidence in that I have sought God. I have, I want to be obedient and honoring of his gifts in me in this seat. And if I can get comfortable there, then I'm going to, not that these, those things don't like uh, uh, affect me. They do, but I could more confidently move forward. And so that's what I did is, and you know, there were moments of, I was, I was, 
responsible for helping lead our, our, our board of directors. So we had a board of elders and a board of directors. So board of directors were more of the operational financial side of, of uh, our, our oversight. And they were all men. And most of them were about twice my age. And I can remember walking into those meetings going, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And by and large, they were really, really supportive and receptive of me. And the ones that I felt resistance, yeah, by and large. Um, but where I felt resistance, I, what, what, I, what I reflect on, and I think this was mostly true in the moment, but what I reflect on, and it's still true now, because I still find myself the only female at the table all the time. But if I just remain faithful to my responsibility and remember that God has placed me here. He is, a, he will equip me if I will seek him. Um, I'll do my homework, right? Right. Like yeah. still show up and work hard. The, I, I, some of those guys were some of my greatest supporters and champions in years to come. Mm-hmm. And so while sometimes I feel like being a female in the leadership seat requires a little more um, resilience on my part, uh, if, if I stay faithful to that, I've seen God reward that time and time again. It hasn't come without some hard knocks, but um, right. I'm probably giving you more detail than you asked for in that question. So I'll oh, pause. <laughs> I'd, I'd ask this because my, my wife runs the, the staff. She's the executive director of operations for, a, you know, again, a multi-million dollar nonprofit, you yeah. know, local church. Uh, I pastor the, the staff and the congregation. She leads the staff and right. congregation. So I, she was reading something that you wrote and, and just said, I, I think I finally found someone who can understand what I'm going through. So do you have any questions that, from, as a, a woman in leadership for Jenny that might resonate with other women as well? Maybe could be, what's the obvious question that comes as a woman in charge of men with authority? <laughs> you know? I think you're talking about resilience and um, just when you get discouraged, who do you talk to? Who do you... Um, we've got several young women on our team who are pursuing their minister's license, who are, we're really big into women taking their position, right? That God's called us to. I've been reading your book, Clout, and you're talking, I'm just at the point now where you're talking about Deborah. Oh, and yes. how yep. that got missed in all of our little Bible studies or Sunday school classes. <laughs> yes. And, um, but, you know, there's a part of me that I'm like, suck it up buttercup get used to it you know and i know that's not a great thing so like what would you say to those young women who are finding themselves the only female sitting amongst a group of men and what advice would you give them yeah great question and my advice there would be and dina i'd love to hear yours too because you're actively doing this so you need to contribute too um is find your community and and you're, you're going to have to work a little harder to find your community, especially, so, you know, and it, and it, this might vary depending on the seat that you sit in, but because I was executive director, which was the second chair, probably very similar to you inside of the organization. Um, I didn't have most of the other women on the staff, re, men and women reported to me directly or indirectly. And I had to be intentional to find other women outside of our church who could be friends, peers, mentors, and actively pursue those relationships because the relationships right around me weren't going to be able to be even peer or mentor relationships. They were beautiful relationships. I have wonderful friendships and still do with some of you know the ladies that I've worked with over the years, but I had to be really intentional to make time and create space 
for friendships with people who were not connected to the church and my church. Um, so I had two circles and still do two circles. I had, um, friends that had been friends since like right post college and, you know, like, right. you know, long time friends who weren't connected to my church, um, that were just friends and could be friends, mentors, sounding boards, you know, and, and just be people I could just be honest and real with and they could handle it. And then I also had a circle of women who were in similar positions at churches around the country. And now I had to hunt for that. It wasn't like it just kind of like was magically served up to me. I had to, right. I had to dig for those relationships. I will say there are a lot more of those circles now um, where you can, you can find some of those uh, ministry connections. Leading and Loving It is a great ministry organization that connects women in ministry. And then... Um, there is a group that Katie Cole has formed on Facebook that is for women in ministry. And, um, and so there are now some better connections and networking places where you can go find other females who are serving in ministry leadership that feel, at least, you know, my, I found my people. That's the thing I always hear from, you know, so I found my people. I'm not the only one. So I'm very long winded today for whatever reason, maybe it's because it's, we're recording this on a Friday. Um, but I would just say you've got to work to find your community because it might not be just right there and obvious. So you, you have to put in that effort and I promise it's worth it. So that would be my best, best encouragement. So I'm just going to ask a lot of them are like, I don't have time for the personal relationship. So is reading books enough is, um, you know what I'm saying? Or do you think they have to have that personal connection? I, I do think it's both. So I'm an avid reader. So I'm always going to be the first to tell you, read, study, keep growing. But yes, I think you need connection. And that's coming from an introvert. I'm, I'm, I'm highly introverted. Uh, I have a very extroverted job, but I'm highly introverted. So sometimes the last thing I want to do is get on another phone call or, or, you know, zoom call as life would be right now. Um, but I absolutely know that those relationships are life giving. So for example, uh, this week, I had an in-person lunch meeting. We're recording this while we're still in, you know, COVID restriction land. But I was able to do a in-person lunch meeting with another uh, female leader that's here in the community. And I got home from that meeting and I was so energized. I mm. was, so, and we didn't even like, you know, it was, it was just, it was just connection. It was just time with another amazing woman leader who is a person of faith, who could just, we could just pour into each other. And I was like, that was absolutely worth it. But my, my tendency would be to think I don't have time for that. And cause I, I totally relate to the, I don't have time for that. You, you don't, but I promise you, you need to make some time for it. And, you know, depending on your personality and so forth, but some time for those relationships, I think is really key. I think what you're describing is who you are, right? Very introvert, but has a very extroverted job. Meeting after meeting, confrontation after confrontation. And, and we're, we're getting to that, that time in the, in the podcast there, John, where we need to start thinking about it. I do have one last question. You, you're in a position now of authority, which means you're, you're, you're blessing them, you're helping them, you're teaching them, you're guiding them, but occasionally you're correcting them. You're looking a man in the eye saying, if you ever do that again, I'm gonna. Now, when you do that, are you a mom? Are you a daughter? Are you a sister? Or does or gender have nothing to do with it? It's just the, the authority and the position of the authority is speaking. And it doesn't matter if it's a mom or a daughter. Age, gender means nothing. What's, what's your thoughts on that? 
That is a great question. And yes, I don't think it, I don't think you should think about your gender when you're in those conversations. I think, especially in the church, I do think we uh, put too much emphasis on the gender dynamic when it comes to how we work together. Now, there's appropriate things about the fact that we're men and women and we need to be smart about that. So I'm not dismissing that, but our, our regular interaction, coworker to coworker, boss to employee, however you want to look at it, it is so much less about gender and about using our gifts to further the mission together. And I think we kind of overemphasize the sexuality of our gender, frankly, instead of really looking at the giftedness of each individual and, and the fact that this, you know, I am in this place of leadership and authority and my responsibility, I have a stewardship responsibility as executive director of the organization to provide coaching, correction, encouragement, whatever is required to help you flourish as a team member on this staff. That is my stewardship responsibility. It doesn't matter if I'm male or female or if you're male or female. That is my responsibility to, to be um, stewarding my gifts, stewarding the place of influence God has put me, and to steward you as, an, as, a, as a part of this team. My best gift to you is to give you the appropriate coaching, support, encouragement, correction that is necessary for us to accomplish this work together. So I, I try to not think about gender in those conversations. And I try to say, this is me from, you know, follower of Jesus to follower of Jesus on a team working together with our, our appropriate responsibilities. This is what I need to do to help us do the work together. Yeah. So that's just me, but uh, I, I think we overemphasize it sometimes in the, in the wrong places. Right. Yeah, that's so good, Jenny. You know, I was also just thinking as you were sharing that not only do we need to take the gender out of it, I think sometimes we need to take as much emotion out of it as we possibly can. And uh, because, I mean, ministry is so personal, right? And yeah. There's, yeah. It, it taps our emotions uh, a lot. And, and sometimes that gets in the way of us making proper decisions and, and stewarding yeah. uh, the responsibility. And so I, I think that's just another layer to it. Uh, of taking emotion out of the out of the equation as much as we possibly can, and that helps us make better personnel decisions, better discipline, better corrective action, things of that nature. I agree. Um, so, Jenny, uh, we're uh, at the end of our time. Would you uh, join us for another uh, another podcast? Are you open uh, to doing that? I'd love to. This is a fun conversation, so I look forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I think we have a lot more to talk about. Um, you know, you have a you have an event coming up. Uh, here in, uh, I think it's in January, beginning of next year. Uh, why don't you take a minute and tell us about it, Jenny? And then uh, Jim, I'm going to have you wrap us up. Yeah. Perfect. Well, and thanks. This is, I'm, I'm loving this conversation. So this is, this is a lot of fun, but yeah, we have um, every year I do some small cohorts for women in leadership done these for about 12 years back to our conversation about creating connection. Uh, right. When I had difficulty finding it, I decided, well, I'll just try to be the ringleader and create it. And so for about a dozen years, I've gathered just, you know, uh, 12 to 20 women to do a six month cohort where we're journeying together in leadership development. And, uh, and it's, it tends to be women, women who are people of faith, but they can be a ministry that might be a nonprofit work. Sometimes they're even in business, but it's primarily women in ministry and nonprofit leadership. And uh, it kicks off in February, actually early February. Uh, okay. And it's a six month cohort, um, all online. 
And then we're going to have an option for you to add an in-person retreat, hoping that all of our, we can get back to some semblance of travel safely in the coming year. So it begins in February, six-month cohort. Um, and it's just a great opportunity to connect with other women in leadership, find some clarity and confidence in pursuing the gifts that God has given you. So that's all on our website at getforesight.com. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Jenny. It's such a, it's just a blessing. I, I noticed to my wife because I think sometimes she looks in the mirror like a unicorn would and say, you know, she, she's on the disc assessment. She's a high D, you know, yes. uh, she's a female, she's in leadership. She's the right person in the right place at the right time to do the job. But there are specific struggles in, in, in that job at any time. But I think especially in, in a day and age, you know, in a church setting that you describe. So thanks for being the second unicorn in the room. It's nice. You know, <laughs> as long as there's other unicorns in the universe. And That's right. And how to do it well. So That's so great. Uh, as, Thank as you, always, guys. We are, we are here for you guys, um, those who are partake of this podcast on a regular basis. The reason we do this. The reason that Jenny's here and Dina's here and John and I are here is because we, we want to help you. We're, our, our sincere desire is to help you lead in such a way that when it's all done, there's no regrets. You haven't destroyed yourself or others and, and sort of lead better and, and have a great time doing it and enjoy what God has given you. So on behalf of everybody on this podcast, thank you for joining us today. We hope that you'll join us again real soon as we continue to lead from a life.